0: Hey guys, welcome to OM, it's me again. I know you're probably tired of hearing me by now, but you, you decided to open this podcast up so you knew what was going on. Uh, today, we have a special guest. I have Jordan Murray with me. She's actually a job coach out in Florida, and uh, she's been doing this for about one and a half years now. And she's also had a blog about it, about job recruiting and being the best once you come into your interview for about two years now so nonetheless i'll hand the mic to jordan
1: all right well first of all thank you so much for um having me on your podcast i really think that podcasts are really great to just get to know people in a less formal setting we're not trying to be stuffy with suits here um just a little bit of backstory about me like you said my name is jordan murray I am a career and confidence coach and my business is called boss life and progress. And basically I help young professionals build their skills and confidence in order to obtain their dream job.
0: All right. Well, what is a dream job for you?
1: Oh, specifically for me? Yeah. Career coaching. No. <laughs> okay. Um, career coaching. I really, really enjoy getting that one-on-one interaction with people and just helping them not only get their jobs, but find out what they want. A lot of people don't know what they want. They've gone through school. They they are even in jobs now, but they're really, you know, they feel unhappy. And they're like, well, you know what? I need to figure out what I want. And those are the type of clients I really enjoy helping.
0: Yeah, I feel that a lot. Because, like, I guess being a college student, you, you run across these people a lot. But you have to realize that. It's not just like in college that you they don't know what to do, but like you can find 30-year-olds that still don't know exactly what, what their calling was in life, but it's about like seeking out help if you really needed to single out what you're really passionate about and what you would try to pursue excellence in.
1: Exactly, and I think I've done a lot of market research lately, and it's just like people don't know that career coaches exist. And to be fair, before I started, I didn't really know. But once I did my research, I was like, okay, well, a career coach, they're people that help you and they help you um, figure out what you want to do. They help you get jobs. And so why wouldn't I reach out to this person if they're going to help me? I
0: think that's important. I've had my fair share of run-ins with like the career development uh, department at my school. And they've been helpful. I won't knock them and say that they weren't helpful. It was just that I I never felt like I had a grip of what was actually going on and if it would be beneficial or not. And I never felt like I actually learned something. It wasn't until I just went to interview, to interview, to interview. Yeah, I'd taken a lot of sad L's. I felt really bad about it because, like, all my friends were getting internships and jobs, and here I was, like, still shaking and sweating during the interview. (laughs) It's a lot of time. But uh, let's start from the beginning. I want to hear, like, your backstory, So, like, where are you from? You know, your upbringing as a child.
1: Okay. Well, where to begin? Um, I don't have a, like, you know, I was down in my last soup can in the back of a car. That's not my story. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no I'm just like, But. Um, actually I came, I live in Florida now and I came here from California. I actually, um, while I was in uh, middle school and high school, played a lot of sports, um, specifically volleyball and basketball. Um, I played around with soccer, but I'm not trying to run like that. So no. Um, but I came to Florida because I played volleyball at my college for about a year and some change. And I really enjoyed that. I think that a little off topic but sports guys if you can play sports or if you know even as an adult play sports super fun super keeps you active everything but um played sports and my major funny enough was criminal justice and you're like that has nothing to do with careers i know um that's the major i picked when i came to school and i kind of knew what i wanted to do i know some people don't and they like um choose like They're not going to declare a major for the first two years. But I really knew that I wanted to get into criminal justice. And so went through that, got a job. And then at my job, I started doing some recruiting activities, HR activities, and I really liked it. And that kind of spiraled into the blog, which then spiraled into the career coaching business.
0: Oh, I got you. So how do you or how would you describe the cultural differences between like California and Florida? It's two different coasts, but I feel like they have similar vibes since they're both like around or are you inland or more like towards the coast?
1: Towards the coast. Um, both. So I was in LA before I'm in Jacksonville now. Um, first of all, LA is its own type of monster. (laughs) um the people it's the same vibe but the people are slightly different so you get more of that like southern um charm type thing um over in florida whereas in la everyone's you know like that very open very posh type type feel especially mm-hmm. around the like beverly hills la area everyone's very posh <laughs>
0: I've only been there once. I wanna go back, but like from my experience, I remember as soon as I like we started landing the plane, because I came on like a chorus trip. But I saw and I looked down and like you know how I don't can't even say it's like the air quality, but it just looked different. It looked completely different than anything I've ever seen. I was like, this is a third world country. This isn't like where did we fly to? <laughs> <laughs>
1: The air quality was a little bit better when I was there. Um, the, there was one huge difference, and it has nothing to do with culture. Yeah. It is so humid in Florida, and it's yeah. so, like, dry desert in California. And I don't know which one I prefer because <laughs> they're both hot, and you're always sweating.
0: <laughs> yeah. I have allergies, so I tend to find, like, that since it's dry over there, it would be the yeah. more favorable place to be. I don't know. Something still keeps you on the East coast for now, but watch, once I get this degree, it might be over. I might have to part ways. There you go. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like how you got into job coaching or that process that went into it.
1: Um. So like I mentioned before, I had a blog and the blog was slightly different than what I'm doing now. So mm-hmm. I talked about, um, Adulting. and I talked about finances and being you know physically fit, and I talked about a career stuff and a whole bunch. Of, I had no direction. I just talked about things as you know, trying to be a, a good adult. Yeah, And so, as I was building upon that blog, I was starting to see some patterns about, okay, my career posts and my posts about you know how to do a resume, how to get a job, how to do an interview were getting just a little bit more attention than the rest of it. Yeah. And it's kind of what resonated with me. I kind of fitness and finances are super important, but um they can be, you know, kind of dry sometimes. <laughs> so I just decided that um I did some research and I found career coaching and it kind of aligned with what I was doing at work, what I was doing on the blog. So I was like, you know what? I like talking to people, I like helping people. I've looked over resumes. A bajillion times, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna use this experience to help others find the jobs that really appeal to them, um, pay them more money, and you know just you're happy to go to work
0: yeah, I feel that like, I feel like especially when especially in these times like times are hard now yeah. or if they're not hard they're going to be hard, and the only way you're able to like persevere through these moments is to be able to love what you do or have some type of drive that enables you to keep going further and mm-hmm. see light at the end of the tunnel and just loving what you do is one way to do it. But especially for us as college students, the question is how do we get there?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> um, you, As a college student, honestly, you just got to try a bunch of stuff. Like honestly, obviously like it's different between your like undergrad and your master's, but you just gotta try stuff. Um, Especially if you're not working, go volunteer. I volunteered at soup kitchens. Um, I volunteered like with other organizations like picking up trash and doing like those, um, like those 5k walks for breast cancer and stuff like that. I tried tons of different stuff. And even though I kind of knew what I wanted to do, which was criminal justice, I still enjoyed going out and doing those things. Yeah. I wasn't working, so shoot, might as well
0: do something. Exactly. I'll tell you one thing will spur on creativity is being broke. Amen.
1: <laughs> Amen.
0: <laughs> some of my worst some of my worst ideas have come from being broke, and some of my best have. Usually yes. when they were my worst, it was because of cooking. Like I'll tell you right now. Uh what did I make? I made some bland salmon that i just i just started throwing spices together and like mashed potatoes and asparagus
1: Mm. okay
0: like in my head it was like this is a decent meal you get your carbs you get your veggies you get your protein (laughs) but when i taste i took that first bite and i was like yo man You only know how to make three things. Why don't you just stick to them? (laughs)
1: Stick to what you're good at. Stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used to.
0: (laughs) But it brings me to a great point. Like, what if you don't know exactly what you're good at, what you actually like? You face that a lot in college, like, where Mm -hmm. people expect you to know where you're going or what your trajectory is. Mm -hmm. But in truth be told, like, the people that might be asking you those questions themselves don't know what they're trying to do. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So, like I was saying before, you got to try. You have, if your college allows you to not declare a major until your junior year, Mm -hmm. you have the responsibility of taking those two years of general ed classes and figuring out what you want to do. A lot of us, me too, we get into college, freedom, woo, I don't got to do anything. I wake up when I want to wake up, you know, I'm, I'm grown now, all that. But if you want to be grown, you got to act grown and you have to make these choices for yourself. So as I was saying before, try some stuff out. Like I've had, I had a client that, um, she was like, we were going over kind of what she wanted to do. She wasn't sure. And she was like, you know what? I like animals. She was like, I maybe want to be a dog trainer. I was like, write it down. We're going to work, write it down. And so whatever you want to do, whatever you're interested in, start writing it down and start trying to volunteer and do things that can help you make a choice. Cause if you sit around and party for the first two years and then you got to make a decision in that third year, you're going to be like, ah, what do I do? Liberal arts degree. (laughs) So (laughs) you got to make a, make a choice.
0: Yeah. I definitely feel that. So then. Once you get into that zone, like, all right, I have to be grown and make these big time decisions. Eventually, I mean, like, I know one way to start to get a grasp of what you want to know or what you want to end up doing is through like experiential learning, whether it's research or co-ops or internships. But they they aren't just handed to you. Usually one of the big things I've learned is being able to network and like make connections with people because that's one way to do it. But sometimes you just have to get your hands dirty and start applying, which is a daunting task because it's not a person looking at your resume. It's a computer.
1: Yes. So that's the ATS system, which is the applicant tracking system. And basically what it is, is a robot, like you said, um, just looks at your resume and tries to move away the people that aren't necessarily qualified. So to just get through that, quick tip: don't over don't overkill the the keywords, but make sure you have keywords in your resume. Okay, uh, that's a good starting place.
0: So, what how would you, or do you have an example of like using too many keywords?
1: Yes. So um, I actually write about it, or I've written about it. I have a like a free resource that i tip it. it's for everyone you can have it um and it's basically five reasons why your resume is getting tossed and how to fix it i kind of touch on this in that and i'll give you the link later for your audience and i touch on it if you see the word leadership in a in a job description there's no reason why there needs to be 10 leadership words in your resume, especially if you're just starting out and it's a page or two pages. It shouldn't be leadership, 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 leadership. And it shouldn't be, let's say you, another one where it's like organized. You, there's only so much organized you can use.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so you wanna look at the job description and take out a good five to 10 keywords and place them strategically throughout your resume.
0: You know what? I learned more in these like 30 seconds than I ever did because I didn't realize it was that easy. I always thought like I had to come up with some. Word. I would look at a thesaurus. I would look at cool. the thesaurus to like figure out, oh, how can I use, how can I say I clean the dishes better or like yes. coach little kids better in yeah. a way that sounds like very professional like, wow, look at him. When in reality, yeah, you
1: always want to write a. Up- Tad bit more formal than you speak. So you said, I clean the dishes. Um, You don't want to write that. You'd want to write something like um, provided, you know, excellent. I don't know, provided excellent cleaning services to whatever restaurant you worked at. I don't know, something like that. But um, just make it a little bit more exciting than I clean the dishes.
0: And I'd like to add on to to say, you have to talk about the things you're proud about as well. Like, if there was something in that position or in that experience or project that you're really proud of, talk about it. Because it will definitely be brought up in the interview, Mm -hmm. and they'll see that change in your mood about something you're very passionate about versus Mm -hmm. just talking about a whole bunch of things you did just because you were told they would be looked at
1: hmm exactly initiative goes a long way especially when you're even when you're out of school but when you're going for that first job initiative and just being a team player and flexible
0: okay I see that a lot mm-hmm. so then what if you manage to be lucky enough because like my heart drops when this happens it's like I get the email and it doesn't say, sorry, I regret to inform you, but there's different candidates or there's those one teaser ones where they're like, yo, we thank you for applying and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) But we've decided to go forward. Like you made me click the email and, Mm -hmm. you know, face that defeat, but you actually get the one that's like, it's just straight to the point. I never got like, when they tell you, you know, we want you for the next round of interviewing. It's just like, Hey, let me know when you can, uh, come in for another interview. And you're like, what?
1: Yeah, that's that's when people start to freak out. and They're like, oh my yeah, gosh.
0: I actually have to talk to
1: Yeah, I know. I have to talk to a human being. Oh my gosh. Um, so what I suggest is if you have not already researched the company that you applied to, do a little research. I'm not saying you got to go full Sherlock Holmes, but I am saying you need to kind of figure out um, a couple of things. So one of the things is the mission of the company. And I know sometimes they're like, wait, what what does that have to do with anything? The mission of the company is just what they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. If you can show the company that you are an asset to them and to what they want to achieve, you're more likely to wow at the interview. You also want to come up and this is super important. You want to come up with questions at the end of your interview for your interviewer. There's nothing worse than your interviewer's like, okay, well, thanks for coming in. You have any questions? And then you just sit there like a deer in the headlights, and you're like, ah, no, no, I'm good, good. Come up with like two to three questions and ask them, Mm
0: -hmm. because
1: you can really stick in the mind of your interviewer if you do that.
0: Yeah, I've realized that. And it's a lot different now since a lot of the interviews are conducted online, but before... I remember going and just feeling like I'm on the spot. Like I have to come up with something quick. Uh, Nowadays, I don't know if it's cheating or not, or can you even cheat in a resume or like in an interview? But what I did was I had my resume like right beside me. They might be sitting there looking at me in the video call, but I also like decided to write down like uh, every project, and like a story behind those projects that kind of went towards or answered a certain behavioral question that they might ask.
1: Yeah. So no, you can't, you can't really cheat during an interview unless the interview is a test. Mm -hmm. Um, Even, even if you have an in-person interview, which is odd because of the the time and the climate, even if you have an in-person interview, find yourself a very nice portfolio and bring it with you. Mm There is no rule or law or anything that says you cannot bring your portfolio with extra copies of your resume in an interview with you. And same thing if you're over um, Zoom or Skype or whatever, have you, like you said, have your resume next to you. If you need your notes, have them next to you. You don't have to pretend to be perfect Mm -hmm. because that's where you start messing up Yeah, and you start, you, you, you forgot what you wrote on your resume and you wrote it. Because you were trying to be perfect. Yeah. So bring it with you. And if you have to look down at it, look down at it. Even if you're in person. Now, in person, I would say, obviously, don't read it like verbatim to them because they read it already. But, you know, if you have to glance down, glance and then look back up.
0: Yeah. They usually tend to ask you like behavioral questions about it. So they won't even ask you like, what did you do here? And they've already read it. But I didn't even think about it until now that I could have just, you know. Read through my resume while they asked me a question, or like took a second to breathe. I always felt like I had to have an answer and be like super short,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like a pencil.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, have you? I guess you've probably trained people in the actual interviewing process, mm-hmm. or like done any like mock type of interviews of some sort. Have you ever faced any? Any interesting situations or any situations that were kind of like extreme cases where it's like, I really have to help this person?
1: <laughs> well, the great thing about who um, I choose to work with is they're typically ambitious people and they're typically, you know, they're on it. Um, are there a few things that we need to tweak? Yes, but i never had anyone or I'll say I never had anyone yet that has just been like atrocious in their interview skills um let's say you're nervous let's let's do that example let's say you're nervous the only reason you're nervous is because you're causing yourself to be nervous you're like oh my gosh oh my gosh they're just human beings and even if you need the job which unfortunately like so many people do now you almost have to like You almost have to not be so hung up on the result. So if you get it, great. If you don't get it, okay, what can we change? If you're always hung up on the result, even if you really, really need it, you're always gonna kick yourself. Um, You're always gonna kick yourself in the pants afterwards if you don't get it and you're gonna get yourself all depressed and all worked up. Relax, breathe you got this, you've done the research, you've practiced, and you got it.
0: Yeah. It's really a lot more about the process. And that works Mm -hmm. in anything you do, that you have to focus about the process or the actual performance instead of, like, what the outcome will be. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you'll be constantly comparing if this performance was worthy of, you know, getting a job or, you know, getting rejected. But you also have to be, I feel like one, one key thing about understanding and being able to move on from that next interview is taking feedback. I would strongly encourage, like, at least I would think about this more moving forward is asking recruiters for feedback on, like, how mm-hmm. that actually was. Even though I don't know, like, what the outcome was, like, what could I do better for next time?
1: Agreed. I think, actually, I just, I was uh, perusing through LinkedIn um, and I saw someone and they were like, why can't, um, the post was something like, why can't recruiters give us feedback um, when we interview? Uh, why do they ghost us? And obviously I read through the comments and I was like, okay, well, in my, in my experience, It's not that they're, some people, they just, you know, whatever, ghosted, but it's not that they're trying to ghost you. It's that you're number 45 and they just don't have the time to get back to you, unfortunately. So when you ask for feedback, hopefully they give it to you. If they don't, again, don't be hung up on the result. I want you to really take a second and really think back what could you have done better what do you think that you could have changed how could you have answered the question differently because if you don't get feedback again you're going to get upset you're going to get mad at the recruiter it's their fault you know but you have to really take a second and look at what you're doing
0: Mm -hmm. I would almost say to me it's starting to feel like especially in my experience with interviewing and like trying to go out for different jobs you kind of Think of it as you're practicing until you're not practicing and they give you the job because you're always going to learn something different. And the only way you're going to learn how to be a better interviewer is to keep on Mm -hmm. doing, like you could do mock interviews, but it's not going to feel as much as the real thing, or it's not going to be as abrupt and like a surprise to you as the real thing Mm -hmm. I'm seeing now. And I guess, to more make an analogy towards practicing, this is not basketball. So, like, you don't have to mm-hmm. focus on being a, a high-scoring, like, a very efficient shooter. You you might have to apply to 100, 200 jobs before you mm-hmm. even get one. But it's only about the one that counts.
1: I like that. Too. I like that. I like it. Um, I do want to caution, though. Um, you're going to have to apply to multiple jobs. That's just how it goes. Unless you know somebody who knows somebody, again, networking is really great. Unless you know somebody who knows somebody, you're going to have to apply. And don't get discouraged after 10. Don't get discouraged after 20 or 30 or 40. It just really depends on the market and how you are putting yourself out there. If you're using the same generic resume every single time, yeah, you're going to apply to 50, 60, 70, 80 jobs before you get something because you're not tweaking your resume or if you're just hitting that easy apply button on it on indeed yeah you're gonna hit that thing a hundred times before you get something mm-hmm. so yeah
0: yeah that brings me to a great point about like linkedin i feel like that's the most abstract social media for people because mm-hmm. like while it's a very useful tool it's not the same as the other like major social media sources like twitter or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh about becoming active on there and using it as a tool to network. Like, you can use Instagram as a tool to network, but these are really where, like, recruiters and companies look for things. So, like, how would you be – or how? what is the best way to, like, be active on there? Is it, like, posting or sharing different stories? Because it shouldn't just be all about applying. I feel like if you just apply to things, they're going to look and be like, you're not active on here. So, like
1: Mm – so LinkedIn, um, well, first of all, new feature on LinkedIn is LinkedIn Stories. It's exactly like Instagram Stories. Use it. Um, LinkedIn, you just want to show you want to show your personality in a professional way. So, as for example, on Instagram, no one cares if you have a red solo cup. You don't want to do that on on LinkedIn. But we're moving towards a more informal yet professional atmosphere on LinkedIn. So the best way to uh, just be seen and be heard on Instagram, I mean, excuse me, on LinkedIn is yes to post and you're like, what do I post? Post about whatever you're talking about in your major or post something that interests you in, um, in your industry. So for example, if you're like an English major, talk about the latest piece of literature or a book or if you're like a poli sci major, talk about politics. It's not, it doesn't. It's not rocket science. Um, not, it's not rocket science. Also, something that I tell my clients to do is post your own articles. That is a way for people to see, especially if you're in like a writing niche or a writing intensive um, major, write an article on what whatever you're interested in, write an article. And then when people ask you, okay, let me, do you have any examples of your creative writing? Yeah. It's on my LinkedIn. Now you sent them to your LinkedIn. Your page should be optimized and now they see it and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, she's active or he's active. And now I know that I can reach out to them on LinkedIn.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause I've never, I have a whole bunch of connections on LinkedIn, but it's just like, See a person, add, see a person, add. And then the occasional, like, the the Forex message, like, hey, you interested in doing business? Or I see that you have some entrepreneurial interests. Do you want to talk? And I, I, I get funneled into them. Like, I'm a nice person. I'll go see what's up. And then it'll be like, all right, uh, join Forex. Why? Uh, they they One time, I kid you not, somebody took a picture of their account balance. And that was it. <laughs> yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And they were like, this is from Forex. And I was like, okay, like cool. <laughs>
1: but- yeah, it's it can be people think of it as stuffy. It's getting away from that. Mm-hmm. On any platform, if you use video, um, so if you like do um, a video resume or like just a video talking about things that you're interested in and that makes sense for your industry. That's a really good way.
0: Okay. So then I know I'd heard about the stories recently, but I never actually got a chance to like see what they were like. Mm-hmm. And I noticed you were saying like, you can't have a red solo cup. So can you have like a flask or like a decanter?
1: <laughs> so, it really depends because you have to think about really think about the generation that's hiring you. Yeah. So for example, um, oh, okay. So for example, baby boomers are hiring us. Are they going to hire you if on your LinkedIn page you have a glittery flask and you're at, you know, um, razzles is what our nightclub was called. You're at razzles, and your profile picture is in this like tight dress, you know, super high heat. No, they're not gonna hire you. They're not gonna hire you. But you also don't have to be in a power suit or, you know, like a vest and a tie. You don't have to do all that. What you need to do is professionally show your personality.
0: So- with your personality.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You want to show them who you are without getting all up in your personal business if that makes
0: sense i got you oh man so you've been doing this for a while now and you obviously from what we've talked about you know what you're doing this is almost down to a scientist for you or to a science i just Mm -hmm. made the same mistake as you
1: (laughs) i'm an influencer
0: (laughs) hey we're there but uh you, you have this downpack to a science and you're able to help many people with this. But as you know, or as we both know, like when you first start something, it's not always perfect. So have you ever faced any, like any shortcomings or any failures when you are trying to do this?
1: Yeah. So, um, what they don't tell you about entrepreneurship or what we choose to ignore is, uh, if there's a saying, if you create, or if you make it, they'll come. Mm -hmm. They're not coming. (laughs) Um, You have to go out and find them. So you do all this, you create, and you like, you create content, you, you know, put your best foot forward, and then you hear crickets. And same thing with your career, you put your best foot forward, you do everything, you do all the quote unquote, right things, and you hear crickets. And so when I first started, and mind you, I'm not like, I'm this, I'm not like, oh, I'm, I've i been doing this 20 plus years. Um, so I think of myself as relative, not new, but like relatively still new. And I had a lot to learn. And failure is really just a lesson learned. I had to learn what it meant to be an entrepreneur and a business owner. Um, these taxes don't pay themselves. <laughs> This work doesn't do itself. The IRS so it, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I'll play with the IRS. But um, So you have to be willing to, everyone's like, I'm going to be my own boss. Well, you know, your boss does way more than you think they do. And you have to be in charge of your own taxes, your own employees. When you get there, you have to be in bookkeeping. Oh, don't get me started about bookkeeping. You have to keep your own books unless you're going to pay an accountant $300 plus to do your books like one time. No, you got to do your own books. So I feel like when I first started, I felt like I was failing because I was doing all the quote unquote right things and it just wasn't working. It actually, it wasn't until I invested in a coach that it really brought it all together for me because You can only live at the University of Google and DIY for so long. Um, Google's great, you know, for school, but you can't run, you can't learn to run a business on Google and you can't learn um, how to find your dream job on Google. It's better. Well, I mean, you can, but what's going to take you five years with a coach will take you one. So I value my time. So I was like, let me go ahead and skip to the front of this line real quick and get a coach. So um, I learned from my failures and I decided to get someone to help me uh, change that.
0: Mm -hmm. I see that. And I face that a lot here, like doing this podcast that it won't, no matter what I do, like, I'm I'm a big-time YouTube University-type person. So, like, everything <laughs> here brought to you... It's not sponsored by, but it is brought to you thanks to Google, YouTube. Shout-out to the Alphabet people. But, uh, like, you do definitely have to value the opinions and the wisdom of people that have actually been in there that are giving you that one-to-one time. Because yeah,
1: definitely. I think you... And there's, when you look at people, especially people that you admire, even celebrities, influencers, whatever, they leave a trail. And what people fail to realize is they are where they're at because they worked hard for the most part. There's some of them that you just, you know, they were born into it, but for the most part they worked hard, but we don't see that part. We only see um the jewels and the money and the cars. Yeah. The razzle dazzle. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I can do that. I'm gonna do that in six months. No, you're not.
0: <laughs> and when you refer to the trail, are you talking about just like their history and what it's take to get to where they are?
1: Yeah. So they, when I say trail, um, I mean, they leave it's called clues to success. Wow. So I don't know if you know about like Gary Vaynerchuk or like Tony Robbins. Yeah. Um, yeah they tell their story all the time and they talk about like how they you know worked hard and they the the story and they it leaves clues what can you do that's similar to them there's no reason you need to reinvent the wheel you don't have to make up your marketing strategy you don't have to make up um a whole brand new business or an invention you don't have it's follow not follow learn from the people that came before you
0: and then tweak it to suit your needs yes because it's better you like you don't have to make up your own like pipeline of clients but Mm -hmm. you can understand it from someone else try and replicate it see what works for you analyze but the thing is they've left blueprints for you to be able to capture the correct data that you need to find out how to get better at it yes exactly I feel that but unlike them I mean you said it yourself right? I mean we we don't have these like incredibly motivational stories of like <laughs> I, I grew up or like I was in sleeping in the back of my car or something like that yeah. I feel like honestly those moments right there like those ex- exceptionally hard moments teach people that they have nothing to lose and I guess that's the one fault that, like, I, I can't say regular, but, like, just common folk that have been able to live their life without much hardship. Mm-hmm. It's something that we have. A, that's the a disadvantage that we have compared to them. Because, like, they now have a, they had something to try hard for or else, like, they were literally fighting for their survival. And it's like, I might as well just, like, shoot up. But at our point, it's like, what's the point in shooting up or like?
1: um, I wouldn't say that per se because and at first when I started, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't have a Rise to Riches story. What am I going to do?
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, ah, I'm like, I don't have it. But I learned um, my story is pretty much normal for the most part. And there's nothing wrong with normal. There are so many normal people out here right now that can, um, relate. Like some people don't relate to that. You know, I went from the back of my car to, you know, it, to a multi-million dollar mansion. Like some people can't relate to that. Like, I can't relate to that. I, I never slept in the back of my car, yeah. but what I can relate to is the person going, you know what? I had a job. Um, and I wanted to do more. Not necessarily that I hated my job, but I wanted to do more. That's something that I can relate to. And that probably might even speak to me more than the rags to riches story.
0: Yeah, I definitely see that. Or just like expecting more from life than just this. I feel like mm. that's that was my realization that like while I can go and get paid to do engineering, uh, there was more that I could do. And I didn't want to just limit myself to that, like, small faction of people. And I think something else that also scared me is that I would start talking like an engineer and be like, that's not possible. Because I read Steve Jobs' book when I was younger. And I remember Steve was like the – he was the arrogant boss that didn't want to take no for an answer, even though, like, all his engineers would be like, this is not possible. You could sketch up designs for him and he would throw them away, like – He'll let you know garbage Sam, but he was always pushing the the NGO. so it i guess i didn't i did i wanted to have the technical skill of the engineers to be able to make it happen, but have the the drive and like the the vision that he had at the same time, so that I won't think that's- i will think that's possible, and I'll keep on driving forward so now I'm in the situation where I am now, it's like, I'm handling school and trying to start up something with content creation and like hearing the same stories from other people and how their path was, because we're all different.
1: Yeah, definitely agreed. And it's, it's tough. Um, I'm in school, have a business and I have like, you know, nine to five and it's tough. Some days I'm um, I come home and I'm like, um, if I don't have any, if I don't have like client work, and it's just things that I need like social media or I need to like send out an um, email. Sometimes I'm just like, you know what, I'm not doing it today because I'm tired. And there's nothing wrong with that. And people, I think we get sucked into this hustle culture like this. You know, we got hustle, hustle, hustle.
0: Yeah.
1: No, so sit down sometimes and chill. Um, I'm not saying like be lazy, but you can't you can't hustle all the time without being burnt out.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: like you said, everyone's different. If you can, kudos to you, I cannot. I need breaks and I need to get my minds off of things. um play video game. I play video games, so it's like we're mm-hmm. computer games playing? I play computer games before we get. <laughs> um, I play. Sims, I, I play simulator games so, like, Sims, um, Sim City, stuff like that. So, no, no shoot 'em ups. I, I'm not coordinated enough for that.
0: No, I'm no shoot 'em up person either. I just sit there and play FIFA. Oh,
1: okay. I haven't really played a sports game in a minute. I did play a um, I play like world builders and stuff where you have to like do uh, manage cities and stuff like that. that
0: yeah, Minecraft.
1: Yeah, I
0: like Minecraft. Yeah, Minecraft, Minecraft got me through some tough times. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you
1: just need to veg out over some Minecraft. Even
0: now, I mean, I feel like it's like the perfect game because you don't have to. I mean, they're geniuses because they didn't put that much time into like making it uh like super fancy graphically. Like mm-hmm. everything's a block, but <laughs> the physics and the stuff that you can do, you can play it for hours, and it doesn't matter how old you are. Like I'm, I'm twenty. And I'll mm. still like get phone calls like, yo, let's go hang out. No, I almost got diamonds. Like I need to. A...
1: <laughs> I got to finish this. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I think, hey, whatever your hobby is, it's, it's important to have hobbies. You can't just go to work and come home. That's or go to school and come home. Like, you can't do it. Or you can do it, but you're going to be seriously bored or burnt out. So.
0: Yeah. Because building this is not always fun. It is not always fun.
1: No, that, that's another misconception. People are like, yeah, I'm gonna be my own boss. It's gonna be fun. I'm gonna post on my social media. I have learned that if I'm doing it for like like a job, like a business, social media is the bane of my existence. <laughs> and a lot of times people are like, oh, it's so fun. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's analytics. It's, and I don't know how far you've gone into social media, but like once you really get into it, It's not just posting a picture. It's analytics and hashtags and all this other stuff. And you're just like, I just want to post a picture. (laughs) That's all I want to do. But you can't.
0: (laughs) That's a, that's where I'm at now. Like, I think the one thing that was stopping me from becoming like super social media savvy, at least for the podcast was hashtags. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I didn't like seeing people with like 12, 15 hashtags, hashtag this, hashtag that. And now I'm one of those people, but like yeah. there's a reason for it. There's a reason why they did it. It's like now I'm one of them.
1: <laughs> I've become one of them, Yes, we're all one of them, all business owners are, or you should be one of them, honestly, yeah,
0: I mean it's all about outreach, it's all yes. about outreach, and that's literally like as much as I love the recording of the episode, this is not the all that goes into it, yeah yeah
1: this this is the shiny part they don't know the not so shiny part
0: yeah but it's hard to stay consistent with it
1: yes i have a um i have a youtube channel so it's not um it's kind of similar to a podcast but it's different but even that is it's so hard to be consistent i've recently starting i've had it for a while but i wasn't consistent january i started trying to be more consistent and then when when the um Whole you know pandemic hit, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this. um So even one episode, even one video a week is so much work. It's so much work, and people don't see that. They're just like, oh, they made a nice shiny YouTube video. No, <laughs> it took time and effort. A lot of the time.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. I followed a lot of people that were really into like using different graphics and animations into like their vlogs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Actually. Uh, they're called For Y'all Entertainment. They're like these two dudes from Canada. If you ever know about them. But what is it called again? For Y'all Entertainment.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you said Dormtainment. I was like, I've seen that.
0: Dormtainment too. Dormtainment oh. as well. Dorm-tainment but they, as well. they spend hours and hours. Yeah. I say For Y'all specifically because like in the early days, they actually showed you like how long they spent uh editing videos. Like, you'll just see them there and be like, yeah, it's three in the morning. Uh, we're here. But the animations that they make now, like, because of all that time they put into it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah. Crazy. it Yeah. It takes, or they say? It takes 10,000 hours to master something.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to touch on this topic here about, so you do job coaching and you do career coaching and confidence. And we're... I guess your goal is to get people to work in corporate America or get their dream job, but you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Like I also think entrepreneurially and I'm like a big uh, advocate for like owning your own business, Mm -hmm. you know, starting to, I guess, put you invest in yourself and assets around you and Mm -hmm. more worthwhile. Uh, I'm just trying to, like, start to understand where or how other people don't see the world the way I see it. And I'm beginning to, like, start to – starting to accept how, you know, that's their goal in life or that was their mm-hmm. option. If you're really passionate about something, like, go do it. There's no cookie-cutter way to, you know, reach success in life. It, it means a whole bunch of different things to – Anyone?
1: Yeah. So let me let me go off on a little tangent. So the internet is—you're gonna be like, "What?" Okay, but stay with me. The internet is not that old. The internet is probably I'm twenty-six. The internet is not that old. It's maybe a little bit older than me. If that, I think it's younger. Bear with me. So before the internet business owners you had to do what get a brick and mortar which is just a physical place
0: yeah
1: so if you think about it a business owner had to be able to afford a building products labor and a whole bunch of other stuff that costs money so let's say you start a brick and mortar and In today's currency, you could probably start a business with about mm, $30,000, right? Um, And that might even be conservatively low, depending on your lease. So you have a lease, you get all these products, um, and then you have to sell them. So you have to do your marketing, and you don't have the internet, so you have to do newspapers and magazines and, um, you know, have the, the paperboard, just throw your leaflets all over town. So that's some more money. So now as we move on to most people back then didn't have that money, right? So we got indoctrinated. I don't want to say indoctrinated, but we got taught to go to school, get a job, get that white picket fence, and that's it, right? So only people with money had like legit businesses. Obviously, other people had businesses, but like legit brick and mortar businesses, rich people or middle, upper middle class people and so as the internet came about um we found ways to do it for example me i don't have a product the product is me my brain so that doesn't cost me anything the only thing it cost me was time the time that i learned my skill and i don't have um i don't have to have a brick and mortar because i do my stuff online and i don't have to uh really my expenses come from the different programs and softwares I use. So it's not, it's, it's nowhere near $30,000 to run. So more people are like, okay, entrepreneurship, but that's really just like the newer age people, people that are a little bit older than us are still in that employee mindset, which is perfectly fine because we can't all be business owners. It's not for everybody. And so what I try to, teach people is, if you want to be an entrepreneur, go for it. But there's literally no rush. You can start now or you can start in two years when you have some experience at your job. Or you can go for your career ladder and just keep going up your career ladder. And then if, let's say you find something you really enjoy, you really love, which is the point of my program, find something you love that pays you. And you're, you know, you're in there 10 years. You're like, you know what? I'm done. And now i want to build a business. Perfect. It's just a matter of mindset. And it stems back from before, like, baby boomer time when we didn't have the internet and people didn't think this was so easy.
0: Yeah. I see
1: Engine
0: that. Over. <laughs> I see that. that <laughs> I see that. It makes sense how you're saying that uh, the opportunity to open up a business was way more closed off back in the day, just because like the upstart costs were there and just that knowledge in general of what you had to do, it, it was right in your face. Like if you didn't have $30,000, you couldn't just start a business. Nowadays you can just go online and say, I want to start like a drop shipping store. Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing that never clicks in my head and I'm trying to understand by talking to people is like, even in your job like even if you loved your job but you like hated your boss did you ever ever think about like was there more than just this
1: Mm, no that's good yeah um is there more than this so my thing is in order to love your job you have to at least like the people you work with so um There's a couple of things you can do. You can get another job. You can obviously start your own business, but that's really a drastic step from, (laughs) from like, I don't like my boss to F it. I'm quitting and I'm going to go start a business. That's like, Whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) But I encourage people if you want to start a business, start a business. If you want to climb the career ladder and it doesn't even have to be corporate. There are people that do amazing jobs. For example, When I was younger, we went to Catalina Island and we went to this like STEM summer camp. It was literally people's job to take us snorkeling. That was their job. That's an amazing job. Like, I don't know why you'd be like, I hate it here. You're on a beautiful island and you teach people to snorkel. (laughs) So it doesn't have to be you sitting behind a desk in a cubicle with with like 20 other people click, click, click away. Pick something
0: you want to do. Yeah. I understand that. And there's like a whole bunch of markets that are unreached or there's not that many people in that field that people can tap into. Mm-hmm. I guess it, it frustrates me when I guess in my case, like I go to a technical school. So mm-hmm. a lot of these people are highly skilled, like they can they can pretty much bring up a product from the ground up. But then they choose to take that skill and help someone else do it. Whereas, I understand if you go there for experience for a couple of years, and then you say like, "I, I want to go start my own business." Like, that's a, that's a good move. But when it's like I've been doing, I've been you know developing programs for Google
1: mm-hmm.
0: ten years now, and they've just been profiting off of all your ingenuity. Because like it's not like they're they're not pushing you to come out with these products. Mm -hmm. You had that same motivation yourself. What could you come out with?
1: True. I think it's also the backing as well because some people genuinely, truly, just don't want to put up with the hassle that you know comes with entrepreneurship, and they would rather go to work eight to five, get their benefits, get their four hundred one k um get that match get that five percent matching have paid holidays and call it a day um and i applaud those people just like i applaud entrepreneurs because again we can't all be we can't all be batman some of us have to be robin and there's nothing wrong with it um some of us have to be robin some of us have to be oracle it really doesn't matter um they all play an integral part in you know saving gotham hopefully you you know okay i was like hopefully you know the reference to batman but you know (laughs) they all play a role even um even alfred they all play a role in (laughs) saving in saving gotham so if you don't want to put up with the hassle and you just want to find that dream job and you want to I know people frame it as, oh, you're helping other people and achieve their dreams, but...
0: What about yours?
1: Yeah, but what if that is your dream? Mm -hmm. What if it is your dream just to have that health insurance for your family? Because entrepreneur health insurance is expensive. And what if it is your dream to, you know, eight to five, go home and be with your spouse and your kids, you know? And it's not... Ah uh, dang, I gotta get on this flight. I mean, even though it's cool, it sounds cool. Oh, I gotta get on this flight again. I gotta go speak at this conference. Your kids don't care that you you know that you speak at a conference or your spouse doesn't care. They want you there. So it, I'm not knocking entrepreneurship or being um an employee or nine to five. It just you gotta weigh your options and, and figure out what you want because being entrepreneur is a grind at first.
0: There's sacrifices with both.
1: Yes. I'm seeing, exactly. I'm seeing
0: that but I still choose to be Nightwing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No shame in your game. Do it.
0: (laughs) So I only have a couple more questions. I know we all have other lives to live, but you're talking a lot about like markets and, you know, being able to find the correct place where you can, you know, take advantage of the, the situation and location area, whether it's starting a business online or, you know, like you were saying, uh, just scuba diving or snorkeling, whatever. Uh, You can also do that with the corporate world. And I feel like it makes your search much easier and your chances of success higher when you start to understand, like, the human capital influxes in different markets. Like, if you understand that, like, some there are not many electricians in, like, a certain area, and they need specialized people, you could use that to your advantage. Like if you bring the facts to the table, I I would assume that they would be much more inclined to work with somebody that knows their market and knows what they need and has the skills to provide what they need to them. Do you have any experience or like any advice for helping, especially like people I'd say graduating high school or you know, working in college that are trying to find their way? But, you know, we've been so ingrained to have this mentality that you, you have to know – you have to know, like, what you're trying to do for the rest of your life at 18. Like, I didn't even know if I liked McDonald's or Chick-fil-A more. So, like
1: – I'm not going to say – I'm not going to say which one of those I choose because I don't look in trouble. But um I think that, especially when you're in high school, you really need to think because – um college is kind of like the default now um but there are tons tons of trade schools that you can go to i'm not saying don't go to college but what i am saying is there are tons of trade schools you can look at there are plumbers out here electricians out here making bank okay and they don't have a college degree they have um a certification from their trade school And they either work for, you know, like a company, or even they started their own thing. But they're out here making bank because there are certain things that we will always need. So automation is taking a lot of the less complicated jobs, but you're not going to find a robot that's going to be able to, like, unclog your toilet. Like maybe in 2000 and like 38 or 40 or whatever, but not now. We're always going to need plumbers, electricians, hairdressers. We're going to need those people with like those trades. If you decide, hey, college is for me, you also need to start looking into markets that you didn't before. So everyone, let me give an example. A lot of people coming out of school, they're like, I don't know what I want to, especially the ones that don't know what they want to do. I don't know what I want to do. I'll just apply for an assistant position. Okay, you can do that. Or we can sit down together and figure out what you really want to do because no knock to assistants or secretaries or whatever, that's a really good job, but not everybody can be an assistant and a secretary. So we need to figure out something else. Um, We need to figure out what you actually want to do. And that's, that's the problem. A lot of people don't know what they want to do. They fall into a job after college. And then they're like, they look up five years from now, from then. And they're like, oh, well, dang. So it's really your job, or if you want help, our job (laughs) to look at and figure out what you want to do. That's the most important part. Because you don't want to five, 10 years from now regret it and be like, ah. I chose the wrong thing just because I fell into it after college.
0: Yeah. I got you. Whoa, man. I don't want to take up any more of your time, but <laughs> my final question, Good. where can the people find you? at?
1: Okay. So I'm going to give all this information to you. If you if you want to put it in the show notes, by sure. all means, please do. Um, you can find me on Instagram at naturally underscore by underscore Jordan. On um, YouTube, you just type in my name, Jordan Murray, and um, I'm still building it. So if you don't find me, it's just because I'm, <laughs> I'm building it. It's just because I'm building so it. So it's getting there. Don't try me. <laughs> um, and on my website is www.bosslifeinprogress, and you can find all of my social media there. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, not Twitter can't do twitter (laughs) but i'm on all those other social media platforms
0: i got you and then uh you also have that link for the guide to make for uh making your resume better what did you call it? yes
1: um the five reasons why your resume is getting tossed and how to fix it if you're not making it to the interview stage one of the thing one of the possibilities could be that it's your resume so make sure you guys pick up that guide and implement it The worst thing you can do is read something and not implement it. So make sure you guys do that.
0: And I'll leave it in the description.
1: Mm -hmm. Sounds good.
0: Definitely. Well, Jordan, thank you for this time. I had a great talk with you. Hopefully we'll be able to catch up soon.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, guys, this has been another episode of OM. Uh, I'll see you guys in two weeks.